Welcome to the Gutsy Ones. My name is Sandeep Rao. I'm an engineer, a serial entrepreneur, and an advocate for the mental well-being of founders and their team. Each episode will showcase the fascinating story of people who have made gutsy decisions. We will look at how it impacted them and how they made their way back. Dear listeners, today I have with me Steve Torso. He's the co-founder and managing director of Wholesale Investor. Over the past 13 years, he has worked with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and investors, and has helped them to network and make deals throughout Asia Pacific and the UK. I love his vision, which is creating opportunities for tomorrow. Steve, welcome to this episode. Thanks, Sandy. Appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. It was great meeting you at the uh, VNC conference last week in Sydney. I just thought I'll start off by letting you know what an enthusiastic person you are. It is such a contagious thing. I absolutely love that. Every time I saw you on stage or when we interacted, it was fascinating. How nice was it to spend three days in like a bubble of optimism? Like if you think about I was having, I think me and you were having this conversation of it's when you go to an event like ours, like a venturing capital, and you're dealing with some of the most optimistic people on the planet, both on the investor side and also on the founder side and even the industry side. And it's a really funny uh, contrast to go through all the different conversations you have with people. And then you go and look at the headlines in the AFR or your traditional sort of media and so forth. And you just see this massive contrast in fear, 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 optimism, optimism, optimism. So it was really nice to have those three days just of pure, you know, energy and optimism around a space that we sort of all love, which is obviously innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And now you've been interacting with founders for, you know, a long period of time. So you clearly love the space. You're passionate about this, you know, as I am. And talking about enthusiasm and passion, it's something that every founder, I think, embraces. And it's yeah. something that comes from within. And which is why it was fantastic to see sort of, you know, a hall full of people who shared that passion. What makes Steve such an enthusiastic person? What drives you, Steve? I think the core, you mentioned about our sort of vision at the start, creating opportunities for tomorrow. That's what fires me up. Fundamentally, that going back to my journey as an entrepreneur, you know, I failed at, you know, I really failed at high school. Uh, I didn't go to university. And so I've got that sort of typical entrepreneur journey where you're sort of a failure at school and then you have to work incredibly hard for everything. And you realize along the way, people give you opportunities. And those mm -hmm. opportunities, they don't come in quite in the form that you think about. It's always a slight door being left ajar for you. And I suppose our role as founders is to then smash through that sort of slight ajar door and then go and create the, the opportunity. So why that fires me up is whether at a, you know, at a company perspective, at a business perspective, at a team perspective, I love giving people opportunities. Ultimately, good or bad, that's what drives me. I love seeing what people do with the opportunities that are given to them. Like, you know, to me, I always think about it, it's like, it's like a gym, mm -hmm. you know, all the equipment is in there, all the frameworks, you've got access to different people to help with different areas. Some people get incredible results, some people don't, but everyone has a similar opportunity. So I think when I think about what we're doing, it's, it's a framework of opportunities. And, you know, I love that we create effectively things out of thin air, like this conversation is not happening unless we didn't meet at our event. And who knows where our relationship or our introductions to each other could lead three, five, ten years from now. 
Yeah, and I think creating opportunities uh, so that we make an impact for a better world. I think that's what drives founders. That's what that's why we start companies or businesses or build products, yeah. right? Uh, and that's great. Now, you said your life philosophy is to have a balanced state of mind. You've clearly gone through a lot in your life. Can you yeah. perhaps tell uh, me and the listeners, how did you come up with this and how has it helped you? Yeah, I was going to say balance is a word that's sort of like when you're a founder, there is no such real, there's really no such thing as life balance. Like you're all in on what you're doing. You're thinking about what you do 24-7. The perspective of balance comes in that you deal as a founder, you go through all sorts of ups and downs, right? You could go through ups and downs quarterly. You could go through it monthly. You could go through it daily. You could go through it yearly. But every single one of us are going to have absolute crushing pressure at different times and it's not what we initially signed up for it's basically what comes with the role right so i think there's a there's a point where whatever you're going through you have to realize the balance of what's going on on the other side so effectively if things are going incredibly well it's super important to think think about the areas which you know you may have been forgetting about which you you know for example if you get too cocky too humble too too over enthusiastic uh, on certain area or too bullish you typically the universe has a great way of smacking you back down to right. reality and likewise if you're feeling down if you're feeling like you know there's a dark light that's a your back's against the wall everyone's against you etc there's light you, you know there's all sorts of positive things that could be happening and realizing it's it's a it's an endless mental game with yourself of basically you know so for example i gave a scenario if everything's against you it's like you can actually sit down and you can actually spend 15 minutes thinking about what's amazing in your life and mm. just shift your attitude. Likewise, if you feel like you're getting to that too cocky, too, you know, too bullish, you know, where you think that you, everything you touch turns to gold, mm. then you need to sit down and think about all the areas that you're fa failing just to bring back to balance, right? Because literally yeah. like the universe is designed in that sort of equilibrium sort of space where there's a balance of everything and so it's just really about attention and focus this is great and and i completely agree with you is this something that you practice on a regular basis is this something that you use you know do you spend time reflecting i find the best way for me is i know some people do it through meditation for me it'd be through exercise like i yeah. find my mental state is nowhere near as good when I'm not exercising as opposed to when I'm exercising. So for whatever reason, I find that's a great sort of equilibrium for my brain. I well, whilst I'm exercising, I'm thinking about different problems that I need to solve, etc. And I find that when I'm not, you know, that's when you can end up with the sleepless nights, the, yeah. you know, the and unfortunately, like as founders, if you know, one sleepless night can really impact a week in the sense that you end up sleep debt and really sleep ends up being the core really of, you know, I, I remember reading somewhere that the greatest performance enhancing drug on the planet is sleep, is a good sleep. Yeah. And so, you know, simple things like that, you know, can, can make a big difference how you're, how you mentally approach things day in and day out. Steve, so according to your LinkedIn profile, you started your career as a marketing manager uh, yeah. or in the marketing department. Now, clearly you mm -hmm. haven't uh, ended up as a head of marketing. So walk us through your journey. <laughs> well, my, your like my, 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 yeah, the WI business really is a, you know, it's a marketing, it's a marketing machine in a lot of ways. And now there's a product machine attached to it as well, which is really nice. But 
you know, my journey was is that how I sort of transitioned into this area of innovation was that I, I love marketing. That was my first love. I still love it today. In fact, I find it relaxing working on sort of marketing initiatives and marketing strategies, you know. Basically, when I looked at the area of innovation, I had a friend sort of get into the corporate advisory area and I thought, you know what, if I can help companies raise money, then I could do more work with them on the marketing consulting side. And then just the love for innovation sort of took over. And then I'm a, you know, I'm a natural matchmaker in what I do. And I'm just fortunate enough that I'm able to build a business around it. And in a business in an area which is incredibly difficult to, to, to break through and to at least create a barrier, you know, a, a moat for yourself in. And our one has, you know, been accidentally building an ecosystem and all that sort of comes to that sort of marketing background. But yeah, it really started out with marketing then fell in love with innovation and then used what I learned from, from marketing to sort of incorporate into what was sort of built with WI. Uh, talk to us about a little bit about your platform. I think it's fascinating. I, I sure. briefly so give us a, a bit of a glimpse of Crispy. <laughs> uh, so basically the, the principles we sort of thought of, I thought, well, this space is becoming more fragmented and it's really interesting as many billions of dollars go into building technology companies, no one's really focused on actually solving the issues as it relates to capital raising. Capital raising is very fragmented. It's quite frustrating. It's time consuming. It takes you away from your core business, but it's a necessity, right? And people often vision it as something that I do once every two or three years. Mm. And that's not the case. Like you're sort of always looking to have conversations with investors. So the platform we built, which is named Crisp, is got basically four key principles of get ready, stay ready, always be raising. And that means not always taking money into your company, but always be having conversations with investors and then get to the fastest yes or no possible. So those simple things we've built, we've been the principles we've thought about from a platform perspective. And now, you know, so we've got capital raising intelligence being built into the platform. So founders for the first time have some sort of visual Mm. about what's really important for investors when they're looking at their company. We've got AI matchmaking, you know, a combination of preference and AI ML matchmaking inside the platform, which I think we're one of the only few in the world to actually do that. Wow. Uh, we just, for the conference, you would have experienced it. We launched our own conference software. So it's a sort of seamless and integrated experience. And shortly we're going to have our next, you know, big sort of, probably one of the biggest updates shortly that I sort of can't mention, but Effectively, it's the transformation from us of going from being uh, an events business sort of four or five years, you know, three, four or five years ago mm. to being a software-driven, product-led uh, business. That's been one of the greatest challenges, I suppose, for me, you know, in my journey doing that. Great. You mentioned upfront that you were a natural matchmaker. So is this you kind of productizing Steve so that, you know, that can Pretty live much. beyond you? <laughs> I have, you know, been a founder, raised, you know, millions of dollars, and it's never easy to either reach out or to understand what's working, what's not working. And to be able to have this platform, no, there've been other platforms in the past, I think, uh, but to have that matchmaking, the AI into the system, uh, built into the system, which will only get better over a period of time, and you have that network. So at the end of the day, it's not a one-person show, right? It's about the community. It's about investors. It's about founders. Right. It's about you know all of them coming together. And it's a long-term relationship. No one's going to sign a check the first time they meet a founder, right? It's about how do you build that long. So I like your philosophy about get ready, stay ready, because it's a you're in this for the long run. And, and that's yeah. what investors want to see, right? So that's yeah. fascinating. You've been through a lot. Now, 
I would love for you to think about maybe a gutsy decision that you've made and how it impacted you. Sure. Yeah. So talk to us about it. So the, the the one that sort of comes to mind is actually when we launched our crisp software, right? Yeah. So I said I, I had this vision for, you know, I said building a software. So it's basically, you know, the capital raising process becomes more software driven and you know the, the ecosystem becomes more enabled, etc. Right. So so how many years into your wholesale investor did this need emerge for you that you wanted to productize it? Uh it was 10. 10 years 10 years ten okay years. yeah right so, so it's almost like our third year trend so first first transition was the first stage was magazine right second stage was online to offline so we would generate interest online and then host offline events where we hosted 48 showcase events in a year in 2018 and almost killed myself um and then 2000 and, and that's when i started thinking about this to be right. more software driven more scalable etc so We'd been we built some early versions of the platform, and I was going out speaking to investors, and they didn't quite understand what we were actually building. The gutsy move I made was for the first time I invited our database to participate in our capital raise, and I did it with the actual launch of the platform. Oh wow! So it's it's one of those things where we launched it. I was the first customer, and I thought, you know what? If I'm successful using my own platform, that becomes a benchmark for anyone else going forward in that we can actually say that we used our own platform to raise millions. And then effectively, that's now formed core part of my education. It's, you know, it, it's just become so much more than what I ever thought. But that was a massive decision at the time because running out of money, under pressure, you know, needing to raise capital, hadn't gone out to my database before, even though my database is, you know, built for, for raising money, there's thought maybe I shouldn't because of, you know, maybe positioning is wrong and all that sort of stuff that goes through your head and all the different fears I had. If, what if investors don't like my business? And, you know, they, they like what I do as a company, but they may not like my business, you know, mm. you know, like all those different fears just crank over in your head. And anyway, Launched it on the Thursday. I remember I set up my first meetings for investors on the Monday. And I remember the first application, the first share application come through at midday. And that was uh, what it was an incredible feeling to, to wow. see that come in. So yeah, that was a that was a big decision at that time. And I look back on it and pivotal for for, for our direction. Great. I think I've I've read a was it Paul Graham who said solve your own problem and build something that you will be a first customer and then go out and find others who have similar problems so basically you've yeah you've, you've to the to, to the dot you've, you've lived that right so this is great <laughs> now i want to drill a little deeper so really you were you're looking for capital and that's why you you know you started this journey how are yeah. you feeling it, it's a like I'm, I'm sure it's no different to everyone else you have yeah. all sorts of fears you have sort of anxiety as well but on the outside you're projecting bulletproof confidence yes right so you've got this internal battle of what you're projecting on the outside is very different to what you're feeling on the inside so i had all the same sort of fears anxieties and so forth that everyone else what if i get rejected what if i fail what if they don't like my valuation all that sort of stuff was sort of rolling around in my head at the time but you know ultimately you know it was something that had to be done you mm. know it, you know and it ended up being the right move but courage under pressure is always a hard thing and i said people different people think they can handle pressure but yeah. there's 
there's absolutely different levels of pressure when it comes to, to to being a founder when you've got staff when you've got suppliers when you've got so many different shareholders you know stakeholders so many different things moving at, at one time it's the, the best analogy for anyone is that being a founder is like playing seven games of chess at the one time <laughs> right you're playing a chess game on your team side you're playing a chess game on your business strategy right. you're playing a chess game on your marketing strategy chess game on your product strategy you know there's all these games of chess going on at the same time you've got people yelling out you know people wanting your attention in all sorts of different directions for all sorts of different reasons right yeah. so imagine playing that game with people calling out to you all the time and then the last part is is that you've got to be putting fires out at the same time as well yeah. And that's the life of a founder. And so at that exact time, pretty much summarizes what I was experiencing. <laughs> I think that's one of the best summarization that I've ever heard. I'm going back to your life philosophy, which is having that balanced state of mind. So you've cultivated this over a period of time, clearly, and that's, you know, uh, that's helped you get through these uh, situations. What role has uh, a trusted network or mentors played in, in helping you get through this? And oh, have you everything. Yeah. everything like I, I think we all need that right because being a founder is a is a very very lonely business mm. very lonely like you there's a lot of things you can't share there's a lot of things that only certain people can know about certain things and you know and and also let's not forget the other factor that we're typically playing to is we all sort of feel like you know we're, we're sort of faking it till we make it sort yep. of you know we always feel like imposters sort of in our area and still today i feel like at each different stage that, that the business grows like to me i remember being in the uk i think i can't believe i've got a uk team now like yeah. it's it's a weird it's a weird that that imposter syndrome is always there i would say the key aspect for me is just consistent with your vision like vision is super important and just that always mm -hmm. reminder of why you do what you do especially when you're dealing with a lot of pressure mission is also just as important mm -hmm. as well and communicating that to yourself regularly and if you note that i start every single speech that i give every talk that i give i started with my mission and vision for whatever reason that just calms me mm. and then likewise you know under pressure situations as well it's my reminder as to why i do what i do I really appreciate you know you're saying that because if you have that purpose you have that vision and that's very clear then that becomes your 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 guiding star in a way and 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 I completely agree with that let's go back to this imposter syndrome because this is the work that I'm doing with my company with founders wellbeing which is driving you know building awareness yeah. and and advocacy for it's you're not the only one like for for the listeners out there it's essentially listen to people who you know in the public eye you're successful but you've been through a lot there's a lot of literature around us about you know the million dollar capital raises or the billion dollar exits or fear you know but there's very little about what it takes to actually get to that point and you know how do people go through that journey and what do they do to you know to to deal with this so where do you see the discussion about mental health has that changed over the last 10 13 years that you've been interacting with 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 founders and startups Steve so, so so specifically on the area of imposter syndrome I only felt okay to talk about it when I heard Mike Cannon Brooks talk about it right. right number one number two on the area of sort of mental health I think the biggest surprise for me was when James Packer come mm. out with his own sort of mental health issues I found that really interesting as someone who's a billionaire or someone who's very highly sort of credentialed and, and so forth. 
look, I, th I think, put simply, I don't think we talk about it enough in mm -hmm. our area. Mm -hmm. And when I say it's not to not to go and sort of talk about it in a group in a sort of you know yeah, touchy feely yeah. sort of way. One of the best things I do each year is mm -hmm. I go to a conference called Morgo, right? It's run by Jenny Morell and it's for founders only. There's no investors allowed. There's no industry participants allowed or anything like that. It's just founders. And you have these beautiful stories from founders talking about what it's really taken mm. to get to where they are. It only goes for two days, but mm. those two days, you walk out of there just feeling like you're something's been lifted off your chest because you've heard other people's stories and you yeah. realize that what you're going through is exactly the same as others. And going back to your sort of question before, having those trusted people around you to share some of those things at the right time in crucial moments is everything for, for a founder because a lot of founders don't have that support network. For if you can get them as shareholders, then that's another level of you know that's another level of uh of value so i, I love your story you know so you, you heard mike cannon brooks and then you felt hey he, if he can speak about it then you know i can speak about mm. it so and the same thing with the mogo right so it's about getting people to listen to interesting stories of people making gutsy decisions and getting them to think look there are people everywhere who you know who have gone through this right and which is exactly the you know the mission for for me and, and for founders well-being so, so just one area i'd love to to mention about so when when i started doing education on capital raising i remember i don't do it anymore but i used to start off with i used to open it up with here's all the different reasons why people said no to my offer right and i used to do that because i realized i was getting these rejections yeah. and i didn't want to talk about it and i realized that all other founders were getting rejections as well and no one wanted to talk about it <laughs> so i just wanted to bring it to light and it was funny once again sharing that say here's all the different reasons to why investors said no to me yeah ended up being a very freeing thing for me to to do as well we are in this game of building long-term relationships, be it clients, be it investors, be it stakeholders, right? And or your, you know, your advisors or mentors. When you interact with founders today, and you know, you've done that in UK, in Singapore, in Australia, and in the world over, do you think they are more stressed or less? And how do they deal with this? I would definitely say more stressed. And the mm. only reason being is everything's moving a lot faster. I would say COVID had an unexpected effect where things changed in ways that we sort of weren't expecting um, mm. in the sense that, you know, now we have to deal with certain areas, basically, you know, working from home, navigating working from home, navigating working from different locations, navigating sort of not being able to build relationships with new employees as you would have previously, et cetera. That's, and also noting that typically customers or clients sort of during, people are generally just agitated sort of during that sort of two year period. So I think if you add in all the factors of, you know, typically people being agitated and being highly, highly sort of responsive to certain things at that time, the second factor of everything moving faster, you know, me and you can do eight to 10 meetings in a day now on yeah. Zoom, whereas previously we may do sort of two or three, yes. right? And, and then factor in that you've got this relentless pressure to grow and these expectations of what you need to be as a company both from investors' perspective and also internal as well, yeah. because if you're not exciting enough as a company, your one of your team members could be poached from another company for twice the salary or whatever. You know, yeah. like these are the these are the endless sort of pressures that founders are, are thinking about daily. Yeah.
you're in a very i guess in a very unique position for you know as far as my guests go which because you you are a founder yourself but you're also helping founders connect with you know with investors and so uh, let me quickly ask you uh, about the investors side so you know you talk to thousands of investors what's the sentiment like and you know has their expectation changed are, are they partially responsible for driving stress levels or 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 isn't it um, I think investors do what investors do. You know, they invest to get an outcome, to, yep. to, to get a return. So the only thing is that uh, you, you can't say they're responsible, right? Because yep. it's my choice to be a founder. I never, they never asked me to set up my own business. They never asked me to create an opportunity for, for them to invest. I created the opportunity for, for, for them to participate. So, you know, you, you can't blame them. I think it's just what comes with the role Mm. that you actually do is there's a level of you know there's a level of pressure and there's a level of strength and it's a weird thing in that sometimes there's this relentless pressure for growth but then sometimes shareholders suddenly get excited when they can help you out of high pressure situations mm. and you know it, it's it's really it you, you learn who who is right for the right circumstance who's right for a growth environment who's right, right for a high pressure environment you know yeah I'd love to uh, end by asking you what would be your you know your tip or your your advice to either wannabe founders who are listening to this and saying you know I'd love to start a company or who have been at this for and you know, for a while and you know and it isn't going as well as they would have thought it would be given you know what's happening out there so for ones who are looking at becoming founders I think it's been really important that they have conversation with other founders to get some mm -hmm. perspective on what it's really like to be because it looks so glamorous when you're on a high paying salary and you're thinking about, oh, geez, I'd love to be a founder and build a million dollar business and yes. you know, a fantastic lifestyle while I'm doing it. Then, you know, to the and, and then if you go and speak to a founder, you realize they're working 18 to 20 hours a day. You know, very common. There's relationship breakdowns for a mm -hmm. lot of new founders who haven't experienced who are going into that, you know, as a first step. There's pressures that they weren't accept, expecting, etc. Like, like just having those conversations is important. And for the founder that's that's struggling, then it, it always goes back to like, why are you doing it, and mm -hmm. is it important enough for you to want to keep going? Yeah. Like that's is that mission important enough? And the second part is 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 there an actual opportunity there as well? Because that's the hardest part. You know, getting traction is always super hard. So uh, effectively, just ticking off milestones as you go is really important. So firstly, getting to your MVP, mm -hmm. then trying to get some sort of traction. Then once you get traction, then being able to sort of try and establish some sort of growth rate, et cetera. It's just step by step. Yeah, and I think along the way, I love you know, I'd I'd love to integrate your philosophy, which is have a balanced state of mind. So when it's all going downhill, you know, you you should know that it'll it it will go up. You know, as when you put in the effort, and if it's all going great, then it might go downhill as well. So having that balanced state of mind, I think, is very important because you know that's just the 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 nature yeah. of the beast of you know the startup world in, in a way, right? And and send it. You'd know really well that sometimes you need to grind, you need to drive hard, and yeah. you need to basically lead from the front with as much energy as possible. You know, and sometimes you have to do that under when you don't feel like doing it. Yes. You know, when you feel like just disappearing from the world, yes. you have to drive. You know. Yeah, and having people around you that you know you trust, you can talk to, and who've probably been through that journey, I think is you know it's been very helpful for me, and I think that's something yeah. that I'd love to. Uh, uh, I think people need to have uh, as a as a network around them, right? Yeah. So, Steve, it's been great having you on the show. It's uh, been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it again.